You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. McGregor versus Poirier is all set for UFC 264. And DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, has a knockout offer for this weekend's fight. DraftKings is offering 264 to 1 odds on a knockout in the first round during Saturday's main event. If the rubber match ends in a first round knockout, you walk away with cash. Just pick the main event fighter you think will win by first round knockout and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 264 to 1 odds on that fighter. That's right. Bet $1 on McGregor versus Poirier to win by first round knockout. You win $264. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if MMA isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $264, and when you bet on a main event fighter to win by first-round knockout. Place your bet and watch the fists fly this weekend. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $264. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Ladies and gentlemen, Bar Down Breakdown is back in the house. We're doing it. We're doing it live. As we live and as we die, hockey season is almost over. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, as of recording this, have a three to nothing lead on the Canadians. And it could very well be that by the time this episode hits the airwaves, the Tampa Bay Lightning will have completed a sweep of the Montreal Canadiens. Um, you know, I, I don't want to talk too much about hockey because uh, it, it's a little bittersweet because uh, the Islanders here, you know, have, have taken, had taken the bolts to seven games and kind of lost on a women a prayer. And now seeing how handily the lightning are taking care of the Canadians and almost kind of makes you think had we had had that extra little oomph to get into game seven and play it the way we should have, would we be in the same, uh, the same driver's seat? And I, I kind of feel like maybe we would be, um, but I don't want to beat a dead horse on that because what ifs don't really mean a lot because, you know, they're in the scenario we want to be in, but um, found it very interesting. You know, I, I was really hoping the Canadians were going to at least make this a little bit of a, uh, you know, of a fun thing to watch, but it just seems like the, the lightning are just running away with it, man. So if you don't want to talk hockey, we could just talk about your mustache. Because... Isn't it great? 
Isn't it great? When did that happen? So what ended up happening was, um, so uh, for the wedding, I had my full beard and I ended up shaving down the beard just because it's way too hot in um, in Florida to have a full beard like that. But as I was shaving it down, I kind of liked the look of the mustache a little darker than the stubble. And uh, it was approved by my wife. So because it was approved by my wife, I'm going to roll with it. I just, I like the way it looks. I think I look a little on the distinguished side, but um, what my wife did make me promise was that once it gets a little cooler, that I bring the beard back. So, uh, and hopefully um, I'll have a, a reason uh, to, to wear my full beard for playoff hockey next season. So, so does that mean your stash is like staying until like January or February? I mean, the stash is gonna, is gonna do what it's gonna do. You know, I, I, I have no intention to, to drop it down. I just, you know, I kind of like the way it looks. It's, it's, uh, it's a good look. Um, but yeah, man, stashing it up. I got my, my yes, yes, yes hat on. I just got that from Isles Isles lab, which is super cool. Wearing a, wearing a Jimmy Eat World shirt today. And, right. um, you know, it's good stuff. What are you what are you rocking today? I see you got your little floral boy on. Well, yeah, this is my signature hat. And then uh, New York bootleg. Great shirt. Hat. Yeah. I That's unfortunately, it. I had to retire. I had that shirt myself and I had to retire it because uh, I just don't do great with white shirts, man. I just like I end up staining them and all this stuff. And that one was uh, one of my favorites. But uh had to had to put it to bed but i had a couple new white ones i got my uh, coast to coast hockey shirt that i still rock all the time i got a uh a sweet um like cm punk black flag ripoff shirt that's a, that's a white one too i just you know white shirts i gotta get probably more into them in florida because you know the black shirt brigade that's gotta go it's just too hot and you guys have like a hurricane coming any day right yes they're saying that uh Tuesday and a Wednesday, Hurricane uh, Elsa, named after our friends from Frozen, uh, gonna gonna pop in here and give us some what for. Uh, it's you know I think as of right now it's a Category One, uh, so I'm not oh, okay. So it's like tropical yeah, storm probably. Yeah, by the time it goes. Yeah. yeah, they're saying by the time it hits, and then they also don't know once it hits the islands, which it's kind of doing now, um, if it's going to change trajectory, if it's going to slow down or pick up speed. So, but you know, working in telecommunications, uh, I have a feeling that uh, hurricane or not, I'm going to be right there making sure people have cable and internet because if they don't people oof, lose their minds, people will lose their dang minds. But are you, are you part of like a next door app or anything like that? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, dude, <laughs> <laughs> no joke. I'm part of my neighborhood Facebook group and every single day someone is like, is your internet down? Like, what is that? Matt? Why are you posting that in the neighborhood Facebook group? Oh gosh, like, people! Just I, unplug your router, yep. give like the ten second count, and then plug it back in. Just do it, or and and we're, you know, and worst case scenario, if it still doesn't work, just go to one of the stupid stores, just get a new one, man. Like we're giving out equipment like nobody's business. I I, I don't have a next door app, but I do. I am part of like a like a Facebook group. It's like you know. Winter Park, Maitland. And right now, what everyone is going crazy over in this group is um, there. So this thing happened. I'll tell this little story and then we'll we'll jump into our interview. But this thing happened at this steakhouse down the road from me. It's a place called Hillstone. And apparently not a Hillstone, Hillstone has a policy, dude, where they don't do to go orders. And apparently some crazy man kept trying to get it to go salad and he kept like 
and they kept telling him that he couldn't have one. And it kept escalating and escalating until like the police had to be called and he had to be like escorted off the property. And uh, it's been like the great debate of late June, early July on this winter park group where they're just talking about how like, was the restaurant wrong or was the person wrong? Uh, Should they have just done it or this and that? And it's just like all of these like rich, entitled, like white suburban old money like moms and grandmas are just like having their terrible takes and being all conservative and terrible in these groups so it's nice who, to who just get to salad to go i don't know man who gets like you know like salads are great don't get me wrong i, I like a good Salads salad. are, are amazing but that's the last thing i'm getting to go yeah right what, what's your what what are you getting to go like if you're getting anything what are you getting well you know obviously being vegan to go is pretty much non-existent these days and no joke our drive home from new york Mm -hmm. was brutal to the point where i was like i don't know if i could do this anymore because you know when you're on the road and you're stopping at you know rest areas and all that it's not a lot it's extremely limited to begin with yep yep. and then dunkin donuts i think stopped selling their beyond sausage sandwich yeah Mm -hmm. so dude we got up you know I, I don't remember the day because all my days are meshing together. Yeah, but right. we got up after our splitting the drive up in Alexandria, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And all intention was to go to a Dunkin' Donuts, get a, you know, a egg sandwich, no egg. Yep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and they didn't have it. So then we were to- that threw us such a curveball. Yeah. Where we were, we spent fifteen to twenty minutes like looking on our phones to see what was near us. Yeah, and there was nothing. So yeah. then we just got on the highway, driving hungry for like the first hour. Yeah, and then we're good, like, man. all right, let's like go to this Burger King and get an Impossible Whopper. Yep, and it was cr- like no joke, crazy town, busy. Really? That yeah, we we couldn't even do that. So dude, we went the longest time, and I think we just ended up getting pretzels. <laughs> from a gas station and that was our breakfast so awful yeah i I don't even know where i was going with that but to (laughs) go i guess chipotle yeah chipotle's good though i mean they've got like sofritas and then you you can do that which is vegan no and that's good man they you know at at least there are options out there and um you know but i guess next time you, you end up doing a road trip or whatever you gotta map out some of the hot spots because like there are places it's just like they're probably not like along the highways which is the tough thing you know like yeah. they're kind of off the beaten path but i you know i know um you know down here there's there are a couple of good vegan spots i know philly's got some good stuff and i'm sure charlotte oh, yeah. does too right yeah oh charlotte has a, a ton but like you said near the highway yeah they don't exist at, at exactly. one point we were driving through richmond and it was like, do we go 20 to 30 minutes into the heart of Richmond mm-hmm. off the highway to, to get something? And, and at this point, when you, you're already driving for 12 hours or whatever it is, yep. that's the last thing you want to do is add oh, yeah. 20, 30 minutes here, 20, 30 minutes there. Yep. Definitely not, man. That's tough. It, it's a rough one, especially with, with a with a baby in the car, too, man. But uh, so uh, that's that's our stories. That's what we've been up to. And uh, so we've got a very very special guest uh just because he's he's a a homie of mine and um he is uh now the 
operator of uh, Isles Meetup Queens, I believe. Yep. His his name is is Andrew uh, Builder. You you can just call him Builder, just like I like to call him. And uh, Builder's awesome. Uh, I've known him for such a long time. He's great people. Uh, he was uh, a member of a bunch of great Long Island acts. His current band he's in is called Sweet Avenue. Uh, they're awesome. Uh, new project with him and Matt. Uh, Matt, who used to be in Giants at Large, who Builder was also in that band. And Builder uh, was also in um, in, our, in a, a great band called Bellwether with uh, our buddy Desmond, who runs Through the Island podcast, who, uh, if you remember, he's been on our podcast. I've been on his podcast. But uh, Long Island is connected interconnected and we're going to have a great interview coming up with builder talk a little bit about uh isles hockey and what he's up to sweet avenue his new band and you know all things long island music life and i really hope you enjoy it uh just because uh, we had a blast with it so without further ado enjoy our interview with the homie builder see you on the other side Don't you feel all the tension in the room? If everything has changed together, then has it all stayed the same? I recognize the strange familiar, but now it all feels so gray. Waiting for an eastern sunset. The sky Episode one, two, three. One, two, three. Incredible. That's how long we've been doing this. And do you know? who we have with us today. I call him Builder. You should also call him Builder. That's what we call him. He's our homie. Super stoked to have him on. Um, Gosh, how do I even introduce you? So uh, Builder is part of this awesome band called Sweet Avenue. Uh, He's been a musician uh, through like the Long Island scene in the boroughs for as long as I can remember. Um, uh, Gosh, I mean, I know your lineage goes further back, but you know, you were part of giants at large. You were part of bellwether. I know you were part of stuff with Matt, like going back to like the early two thousands, but, um, and then uh, of course he is, uh, the, uh, operator of Isles meetup Queens, which we are super stoked about. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. And then, um, you got to correct me if I'm wrong, but you were part of like the Irving crew, right? Uh, Webster Hall, Webster, actually. Webster is what it was. See, I, I was like, I was like, there's just these crew of guys and it's all the same guys. And is it Irving or like, I couldn't think of it, but yeah. So we can talk about that too, because I know you've got a bunch of cool stories about working at Webster. So uh, thank you for being on here. I know it's a little late, but we will have some fun. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, thanks for accommodating my schedule. I was uh I went out to my parents today. I, I took a car, drove over to the Coliseum one last time. Nice. Um, you know this second time I said goodbye to the Coliseum, but yeah. I feel you know, now I feel is more a finalized moment. Um yeah. and of of course, you know, getting back to Queens was 
a bit of a hassle, but hey, we're out here. Uh, yep. It's the city that never sleeps, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so I want to jump in and talk about this. So yeah. you you clearly have a strong connection to the Coliseum, like emotional connection. But you're like the same age as us, right? Like, uh, just correct me if I'm wrong. You're probably in your 30s. Yes, uh, 30, just turned 30. Okay. So like for me personally, being 34, I just think of it as a dump. Like, and I don't have the greatest memories of watching really great hockey teams until at, you know, recently. So I don't really get these like younger people that are like, Oh, I'm going to miss the barn. I was just there for the viewing party. I was like, no, this place is a dump. I've been around (laughs) to like many NHL arenas. This place sucks. Uh, I'm just, I, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. So what are, what are your strong like feelings or you're like, man, I want to see the Coliseum one more time. I think you're absolutely correct. And especially like after the renovations where they like wrapped it in tin foil and we're like, all right, uh, it's, it's Barclays center yeah. light. Baby um, Barclays. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it, it, at the same time, it's like, I've kind of always liked dumpy places, you know? Okay. Um, I, that might might have just been like a culture on Long Island, uh, like in the music scene for sure. It's like the dingier the place, the better. Yeah. So when you go into this, like, it, it it's small. It's a small spot, mm-hmm. but there's that like you can't replicate that atmosphere with no matter how many like fancy bars you cram into it or mm-hmm. you know um, high end super expensive uh food vendors yeah right there there's really it's like yeah it's a dump but it's our dump i I know that's a cliche but um i grew up walking distance from the coliseum so i guess that's sort of kind of like well like now i really think about it i grew up walking distance i went to college across the street at hofstra Mm -hmm. um it's sort of just been like the centerpiece of me growing up. Uh, and you know, of course, supporting the team, going to the games. Um, it's, I don't know, man, I I guess that's why I feel this weird connection, this, this strong emotional connection to the building. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, like, uh, I guess it's going to be weird. It was weird when I left and came back and yeah, you know, yeah, I, I, I think, what people really love about the Coliseum is the energy, right? The like kind of the aura, but that's Absolutely. all because of the people that are in the building. So those same people that are in the Coliseum are going to be the same people that go to, you know, UBS arena. Oh, absolutely. So I, I feel like it, that that's what you would miss. And, and that's why people didn't have that connection. to Barclays centers, because those people weren't making the trek in the Brooklyn no, like they will make the trek to UBS because it's mm-hmm. literally right down Meadowbrook Parkway. It's pre- pretty much the same spot, like 15, 20 minutes away. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're going to see uh, a lot of the diehard fans that couldn't make it to Barclays show mm-hmm. up and stay loud. Uh, that's a really good point, too. I, I was at the first game at Barclays Center. I uh, was one of the lucky few to be in the obstructed section. <laughs> um, that was really oh, sick. God. But, uh, <laughs> You know, when I when I first started working at Webster, it was around the time that they moved, and 
it was so easy to just hop on the Q train. And I was yeah. like, all right, well, you know, like it's not the worst thing, but you, there is a big difference between Barclays and Nassau in the type of uh, clientele it attracts. There was Absolutely. a lot of, I think you saw a lot of, forgive me, listeners, if uh, you identify as a yuppie, but you saw a lot of yuppies <laughs> roll in like yep. midway through the first period, mm-hmm. just got off work, nothing better to do, yep. uh, uninterested in the game, in a tan suit. Yep. Like, it, it, it was the the background noise to their conversation, their after-work drinks and... Oh, yeah. Um that's obviously the opposite of the Coliseum in every way where oh, yeah. people are showing up at six in the morning, <laughs> uh, you know, getting loud, parking by the Marriott to make sure the, the visiting team doesn't sleep well. Um, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> yep. I mean, all of that stuff. And you know, the funny thing about it is um, that, you know, that whole idea when they were there at Barclays with, you know, like your, your guys in suits coming through, like that's always been a mainstay at the garden, man. And like always, and like, you know, say what you want to say about, you know, Ranger fans. And there are a lot of diehard Ranger fans that love the Rangers as much as the three of us love the Islanders. Um, And, you know, I, I can never take that away from people, but I mean, almost every game at the garden, like if you couldn't find tickets, it's because like, a good handful of seats and boxes were just taken up by people who couldn't give a shit about hockey. And, and I remember thinking that that was going to be what was going to happen in Vegas. You know, I, I was one of those people that was like, why are we going to give Vegas a team? Why wouldn't we give it to like a diehard place? Like, you know, give, give Quebec a team again, or, you know, do something up North. Uh, I was just like, you know what it's going to be. It's going to be all these people that lose all this money in the casinos and they're just going to get comp tickets and, you know, they're going to go to these games and not give a shit. And I, was I ever wrong? I mean, like, and it just goes to show you that, you know, you can, with with enough, you know, uh, with enough generation, you can really have diehard fans anywhere. I mean, you see it in Nashville with the Preds. You're going to see it in Seattle with the Kraken. I mean, like, it's going to happen. And uh, I, I think the one big thing that, um, you know, it, it goes back to what Mikey was saying. It's all experiential, you know, it's all on on what you experienced at the Coliseum. And I mean, between, you know, all the opening days I've gone to and all of the, you know, games I've seen and all of the times I've tailgated and all this stuff. I mean, like I have memories that are going to last me for a lifetime. Um, But they're not, uh, they're not necessarily about the building. No, the the people, it's the people. However, the one thing I will tell you is that, the way, I mean, and you know, it's been said before, but the way the Coliseum is built, man, and the way, the way it sounds in that building. Yeah. But look at UBS, man. Like when you see the pictures, it doesn't look like these mega eight, you know, NHL arenas. Mm-hmm. It looks small. Like it really yeah. looks small from all the pictures I've seen. So it, the I, low ceilings yeah. thing is, is not going to be an issue. Like it's going to be just as loud in there as it was in the Coliseum. I'm, I'm just super excited for that where I'm like, yo, peace out long bathroom lines. John Ledecky is bragging about how many bathrooms that UBS <laughs> is going to have. I'm all for it. And, and, you know, I only go to a game a year, maybe now that I live in North Carolina. So it's not really affecting me, but man, those bathroom lines sucked. Oh, yeah. Sucked. Oh yeah. Um, 
no more having to rush during TV timeout to like beat the line and, and try yeah, to get I, back in time before. Yeah. Uh, but no. that 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 did make me the man I am now because even when I go to <laughs> <laughs> to road games where bathrooms aren't an issue because there's plenty of them, I still wait for that red light to come on over the penalty box to let me know it's a TV timeout. Yep. Sprint to the bathroom mm-hmm. and never have a line. Because I was taught that at the Coliseum. Yeah. Most casual fans don't even like pay attention to that because they don't have to. They're not, you know, they have plenty of bathrooms so they can just go when they need to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. No more spending all intermission in line. That, that, that will be a nice change. Yep. And, uh, and, and I mean, like, you know, how the, how the Collie was. I mean, it was just, you know, it, it was a, a, a circular you know, death way. And, you know, you never knew in what direction you were supposed to go. Oh, at the and, end of the game. Yeah. That was, Oh my always... God. And then, and then, and the, and the worst thing about it too, is just like, I don't know whoever bought dipping dots at the Coliseum, but I remember almost every game just walking by like the dipping dots people. And I'm just like, what are you guys even doing here? But knowing, knowing John Ledecky is probably like, i got to make sure there's dipping dots at UBS. Everyone Dude, loves little that Little kids shit. love dipping dots, man. They go Dude, crazy. it's the ice cream of the future. That's the what they say. The future. It's yeah. what they say. It's the ice cream of the future. So real quick. Um, so, okay. Uh, have you, Builder, had the opportunity to um, check out uh, Desmond's podcast through the island? Have you had the opportunity yet? I have. Uh, I've been able to catch a little bit of it here and there. Um, Unfortunately, my as Mike could tell you, my work schedule um, is entirely all over the place. Gotcha. So I haven't had uh, a serious moment to to sit down with it. But mm-hmm. um, knowing Desmond personally and and from what I've been able to catch, uh, I could tell it. I'm I'm in the the target demo for oh, the yeah. podcast for sure. <laughs> so the reason I bring it up is because so so. Um, <laughs> you just like, you, you gotta love him. So he's, he's, he's on this crusade about this drink that he's been, he was drinking all playoffs called bone juice, right? Yes. So, so you fill it with bone juice. So bone juice originally started as Pepsi blue and, uh, Tito's. So, right. So, so it, it turns out that, uh, somewhere in the middle of the ECF Pepsi comes out and like, post something that's like yeah, Pepsi blue, let's go bolts. And he like <laughs> loses his mind and he's like, this is bullshit. So like, he very publicly like, like <laughs> denounces Pepsi. And then the next thing I see is him like with a bottle of like Hawaiian punch blue. Just like, I don't even know what flavor it is. It's just blue. And, Tito's, <laughs> that's and he's like, blue. he's like, we're moving on. Um, I, I had the, I had the pleasure to, to be on his podcast and, um, you know, I guess he, he's just like the way his mind works is, is something, something of lore. I mean, like, he's just one of those guys who's, who's, you know, obviously very intelligent. He's, he's very well-spoken and I know you've had the opportunity to, to, you know, to, to create music with him. So, um, you know, just to talk a little bit about that. So I know this is kind of going, going back a little bit, but um, so when you bellwether, right. So I, my memories of bellwether were that like, you guys were like just on that precipice of like, like that tipping point where like it was going to be something big. And I remember, and very, and, and what cemented that for me was, and I don't remember which one it was, but it was one of the, 
one of the Scanlon deals or Zimmerman deals at, at, at 89 North, um, one of the Long Island Fest or something. And I remember you guys playing and I remember like hundreds, hundred kids, 150 kids just like freaking the fuck out. And I just remember like that. I thought that was so cool because like here are these guys that like, you know, I know and I've come up with um, that are about to uh, about to like skyrocket. And then, you know, things happen and it didn't end up materializing. But uh, so as far as Bellwether is concerned, I mean, you know, what were some of your best memories of being out with them and, and writing with them and, you know, kind of doing doing the thing? Uh, so before I even get into that, just this is my free plug for bone juice. Um, <laughs> I game four ran into Desmond uh, game four against Tampa, of course, mm-hmm. uh, ran into Desmond in the parking lot. Uh, had two heavy doses of bone juice. That's what they are. Doses yep. of bone <laughs> juice. Um, a plus. I love the pivot from from Pepsi to Hawaiian Punch. It was uh, a good one. Yeah, th- it, it was a really smart decision. A decision only a maverick like Desmond <laughs> could possibly uh, could make. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, being in a band with him was especially, this is like, uh, early 2010s. Um, and I, I don't want to say things were like wildly different back then, but like there, this was probably a, at least in my opinion, like one of the last times that bands, uh, could do like a DIY touring type thing and really sort of like have that snowball, mm-hmm. you know, whereas I I would love to be proven wrong, but now it seems more of like the internet is, is the freeway everybody's on. Yep. That's, you know, but like, I feel like we're, we were kind of at the end of like, this is how it's going to get done. We're going to go on the road. We're going to, uh, you know, share our music with whoever's willing to show up. We're going to mm-hmm. play, uh, you know, wherever we'll you know, yep. we'll play in your basement. We'll play in your college auditorium. Like it, it was just uh, the end of that sort of era. Some of my favorite memories uh, easily are Canadian tour with Seaway. Uh, yeah, um, our first night. Well, actually, it, it starts. Uh, we we went to see Blink One Eighty Two at Music Hall of Williamsburg. Massive underplay, the whole band, uh, wild party, and like went right from the show into the van, drove to Canada. Oh, geez, wow! <laughs> it, was, it was like <laughs> couldn't have uh, couldn't have literally watching the the guys who inspired us to do it. Yep, and then like, all right, here we go. Like, yep. Van's gassed up. We're gassed up. We're mm-hmm. going. That's awesome. Um, and then night one, we're in Guelph, Ontario. We're playing um, a house party. It's the first time I'm playing a show in Canada. I think it's the first time any of us were. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe even Seaway. I think that I think they played America first. Oh wow! I don't quote me on that. It, mm-hmm. um, but regardless, cool. Um, we show up, there are like eight kegs, no exaggeration. I could find a picture. I thought, wow, this is insane. Like Love there's, there's no way we're going to need eight kegs. And then you go inside and you saw the sheer amount of people. It's like, oh man, maybe yeah. that's, maybe that's just not enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so we played first and not expecting anything. I think you could probably find the video on YouTube where it's just like first song and then a bunch of like Canadian kids going nuts in this house party in Canada. I was like, what the, what the hell is going on here? Um, and that's just night one. And and it just like spiraled and spiraled. Mm -hmm. We, uh, you know, we went to the hall of fame. That's awesome. Um, you know, that was a big moment. Everybody, mm-hmm. was, you know, an amalgamation of fans, yep. uh, Desmond and I, Islanders fans, Nick, I believe was a Rangers fan, Seaway, obviously Toronto fans. Yep. Um, you know, and, and like, there are a thousand moments on that tour that I could pluck. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I missed out because I was stubbornly uh, disappointing now looking back, but like everybody went to like, uh, like a, a amateur league or like a local beer league hockey game. And, uh, That's awesome. I, I really wanted to watch, uh, Eli Manning play Peyton Manning in what I thought would be a good game, but was a bad, <laughs> it's a bad football game for the New yep. York giants. Yep. Uh, wish I had gone, <laughs> wish I had gone and hung out with the guys. Um, but of course this is the tour that, uh, infamously, uh, uh, uh just like a, peek around the corner into Desmond's mind where on a seven hour drive, uh, insisted on only listening to you can call me Al by Paul Simon. Uh, something we thought probably not a real thing that he's going to do. Uh, and maybe like in and out of consciousness, like four hours into the drive, like, Oh wait, wow. He's, still only listening to this one song um yeah uh, he hates that song now i, I don't know I, I i love that song now though <laughs> i thought i was not a fan but now like i'll be walking uh anywhere if it's like on in a store i'll stop what i'm doing yep. just take yeah. some time to appreciate it <laughs> yeah i mean you you could call me out it's just uh I, I every time i think of that song now i just think of uh andy from the office just doing like scat bass to the bass solo and pam being like pam being like are we gonna walk down the aisle to you can call me al and he's like uh you'll be strutting down the aisle <laughs> love it man no but but i i love that insight man and uh i think that was such a it was such a cool time for music because yeah like you could really like get out there and still do that and not have to worry about all of the things that you kind of worry about now, you know, in terms of where are monthly streams and like what playlists are we on and all that kind of stuff. And not to say that like this time is any better or worse. It's just, it's just different. And, and you, you focus on different things, you know? So like, it's like, um, I, I've told the story like probably a hundred times before, but it's like, uh, you know, the, the, the homies in that band made a parade. I mean, you know, I went to a warp tour and they were, you know, following the tour, not on the tour, just selling CDs. You know, they like walked up to me with like a Walkman where they were just like, listen to this, you know, like that was the hustle then. But now the hustle is like, you know, reaching out to these playlist curators and being like, hey, you know, uh, we're this band we just started, you know, we're from, you know, wherever the hell we're from, like, you know, this is our music. Can you put it on a playlist for exposure? And then that exposure starts moving and moving and moving. And um, that's kind of how you show a record label these days, like that you can sell music. It's not like, okay, well, how, how much touring have you done? 
you know, how many cities have you been to, you know, like what, what rooms have you been able to fill now? It's like, okay, well they have maybe never toured a day in their lives, but they have 400,000 monthly listeners. So we know that they're going to sell tickets. So it's just, it's different. It's different. But the process though, I think for a lot of people, for a lot of these bands that are writing music is kind of the same. So in saying that, you know, so moving from, you know, your, your time in Bellwether to all the way up to now you being in, in Sweet Avenue. So uh, first of all, you know, y- you win me over with the Jets to Brazil reference like immediately. So I'm cool there. Um, but uh, the first time I, I listened to the album, I was kind of taken aback by how diverse it is. I mean, like you guys have, you know, you're like these indie songs that have the pop sensibilities and a little bit of emo in there. And then you guys have like essentially like a skate punk song, just like right in the middle of the goddamn record. And I think that that's so cool. So for, for, for this kind of like collection of songs, were you going into it? Like thinking like we want to write a cohesive record or were you going into it thinking like, you know, we just want to get, get everything out, you know, from in our heads, into something um, and kind of roll with it. Like what was the thought process on, on, on cultivating the record? Uh, That's a great question. Um, So the, the band Sweet Avenue started sort of just as like Matt and I maturing into where we are uh, currently like transitioning from those young guys that want to get in the band to the now like, maybe this isn't such a feasible thing, but we still have a little juice left, you know? Sure. And, uh, whereas like in the past you would think like, all right, we got to put together something that's super cohesive. Uh, maybe I don't want to say like not take risks that, cause I, I feel like that's disingenuous. I, mm-hmm. I you know, like, okay. but like you, you maybe wouldn't, you know, put a skate punk song in the middle of the album. You yeah, know, like, but so now it's like we're we're doing it for the love of doing it. Um, I don't pay attention to the streams or anything like that. Like every mm-hmm. now and then, the, somebody will be like, "Oh, we have X amount of monthly listeners." I'm like, "Oh, yeah. is that a lot?" Like, I don't know. Is that, <laughs> like, you know, I'm I'm just happy to be making music with my buddies. Hell yeah. Um, so we put out that first EP um, two two years ago. I want to say. Mm-hmm. And I think we were going to just do another EP and then um, the pandemic happened. And because Matt runs the studio that we record in, we're like, all right, well, we've got nothing but time now. And uh, so it's a combination of like unlimited studio time. Sure. Uh, Everybody's just kind of cooped up and the world has so much going on that it's like, you just start generating ideas that are there. Some of them were very similar. Those songs got scrapped, but then you've got, uh, I think the song deadlines on the record. It's like really something like you, you wouldn't hear us do. Uh, I don't even know what to compare it to. It, mm-hmm. It's like very, uh, it, it, it's, it's slow, but it's heavy. And yeah. it's, it sounds electronic, but it's all guitars, you know, yeah. like, um, you know, it, it just opened us up to like, well, we don't have to answer to anybody. So like, we're going to do whatever we want. Of course. And, and that's, and that's like, I guess kind of how, like 
that's not how we went in. We weren't like, oh, we're going to just do whatever we want. It's just mm-hmm. that that door was open. And we're like, all right, well, we're going to walk through it. Awesome. Yeah. So I guess, you know, you mentioned how you guys <laughs> felt like you had a little bit of like a little more juice in the tank to, to do this music thing. So do you have any plans to, to go like actually on like a smaller tour or any of that? Or this is just strictly music that you guys wanted to create with your friends. We, uh, we joke about doing a tour called the one and done. Um, (laughs) uh, another byproduct of, uh, the pandemic is I, I speaking solely for myself, but I, I think maybe resonates with Matt and, and Pasidian and certainly Ethan, um, of like, you you never know when the universe is just going to hit the pause button, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why, why risk going X amount of time and, and, you know, regret not doing it when you could. So I, I know this is a cop out, but I'm never going to say never. I would love to do it. I, I think personally, I would love to to do it one more time get in a van, play uh, wherever for whoever. Yeah. Um, you know, cause that's really the spirit of the band. When, when we started Sweet Avenue, it was sort of like, I was saying goodbye to this part of my life. I was like, I want to just put these songs out mm-hmm. because if I don't, I'm going to, it's going to be, you know, in the back of my head all the time. And it, it evolved from there. And mm-hmm. I think it would be, uh, a disservice to not at least if, if for nothing other than the memories and the stories, you know, I, I would love to do it one more time. Hell yeah. So, you know, you, you mentioned that you work at Webster. Um, I know that Webster with COVID did like a, a comp to kind of save the stages kind of deal. Were you on that comp? Uh, yeah, I believe the, uh, so if it's the comp that I'm thinking of, um, it, now that's what I call Mo. Yeah. Yes. That's what it was. Yep. yep. So, um, Webster hall, it, uh, happens to just be the workplace of a ton of musicians and, uh, way back before anybody knew what COVID was ultimately going to turn into. We're like, all right, well, we've got all this time. Uh, let's just put some covers out. And, um, so, uh, I was on the first one I did. Um, I must be hateful by lag wagon. Oh, it's a great song. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. And, um, you know, I actually, let, I, I feel so bad. I can't remember. It was, I feel like it was so long ago. But um, everybody did a lot of really, really good uh, stuff. I'm pulling up the track listing now so I could plug it. Um, we've got Matt Fozzi did an incredible, incredible version of uh, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. He's such a talented dude, man. Uh, yeah. Matthew. And, like, <laughs> yeah, he he killed it. And, uh, uh, you know, Jared Hart opens up the... Uh, he opens up the comp with an alkaline trio cover. Jared Hart's got a tour coming up. He's a, 
you know, he's a great friend. There, there's just so many really good musicians that just happen to be stagehands at Webster. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we ultimately wound up doing a, a second one in the summer, like much larger, um, to, uh, to benefit the black lives matter protests. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, uh, on that one, the, the standout for me is, uh, Dan Rayo. Uh, he does, he, he's, uh, the manager over at AMH in addition, mm-hmm. um, he did uh what's so wrong with peace, love and understanding. It's like, you look at this big redheaded bearded dude and yeah. then you hear his voice and it's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yep. So he did the, um, he did, uh, the, um, well, I guess technically it's, it's his, 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 uh, it's not, not Pedro. It's his, just his regular project, David, uh, Bazan's project but he did I think Wolves at the Door which which he did he did a a great job at doing um yeah it's 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 totally funny because I remember um I I'd never caught the second one so I'm really really excited to kind of check all the the tracks out from the second one but yeah I remember uh when you guys put the first one out and then um uh I, Sweet Avenue was was a part of the at least one of the iterations of the AMH comp as well right yes I actually yeah. you you sent me a a very funny text about some creative liberties Ethan took. I did. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. On that, on that song. I, I, I totally forgot that I did that. I, uh, <laughs> I, I think about that very fondly. Uh, every now and then I'll, I'll pop that comp on. And when that song comes up and, and that fill happens, I'm like, yep. Tom got me, yep. got me good. <laughs> and, 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 and the, you know, and the thing is, man, I eat, I, I I love I love me some Ethan man. He's uh he's an incredibly talented dude uh and he's he's just a, a just a, a wonderful soul. Uh you know, I, I love that that kid to death and I say kid because you know, obviously he's younger than me but I mean, you know, I remember um I think the first time I met him is when he was still playing with uh I'm not going to remember the name but um uh the kind of like the little post hardcore band that he was in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they changed names and stuff, but you know, and then when, when he got linked up with, with makeshift, cause I, I, you know, he plays drums for them and all that stuff. So, uh, definitely a super talented dude and, um, you know, awesome that he's, he's part of sweet Avenue with you guys. But, uh, I, I, you know, I, I like to think that like long Island still has that, that, that juice, you know, like maybe, maybe it's not like the way it was in the, you know, in the two thousands when you had, you know, humongous bands you know, taking back Sunday, brand new and glass jaw and silent majority. And, you know, uh, as tall as lions and then on the coast and, you know, all these bands that were like humongous and ended up having this huge, this huge presence, but like, you've got all these bands now, you know, like, like, uh, like, like makeshift and, and sweet Avenue and all these bands that like may not be on everyone's radar, but like the potential for this, these bands to be on everyone's radar is, is wild, you know, like, and, and makeshift is one of those bands that like, I, I, I kind of like am flabbergasted that they're not like on a, on a much more grand, like broad stage than they are, because I mean, they've been doing it for so long and they've been, you know, just like building and building and building. And I, I think it's, it's such a cool thing. Um, you know, I, 
I, I kind of pine to be back there sometimes, you know, like I, I'm in Orlando now and like, it's a little bit different, but like every time, like I see something cool come out of Long Island, I'm like, man, like that's some, that's some, that's some dope shit. So I, I anytime that any, any of our, our friends are still doing some cool stuff, we, we always love it. So, uh, you know, other than, other than, you know, you guys and other than, you know, like bands like makeshift and stuff like that, you know, do you still have your finger on the pulse of, of like kind of the Long Island scene? Like who are we missing? I think it's, it's hard sometimes because having moved to Queens, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not so ingratiated. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like, yeah. You know, hanging out at the wood shop. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, Oh, who's this? Like, Oh, yeah. I didn't know that, you know, like, and mm-hmm. you just get reintroduced. Uh, I would say Oso Oso probably. Oh yeah, love 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 Oso Oso man. Uh, you know Jade's doing great work. Yep. Um, I, I think you know it, I don't want to undersell, but um, I believe I heard them. I, I walked into like a a dig in in Manhattan, and they were playing, and I was like, oh, you know. So mm-hmm. like that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, as far as like new new bands uh dude it's hard man yeah. especially after last year yeah right but, um, Where, like it was all it was all kind of put on pause yeah you know uh but just speaking with some of the people that are still involved like the mm-hmm. the dan reos yep um it looks like you know now it's like the time for the scene to make a comeback with like a vengeance. Yeah. And I'm I'm hoping it does, man. It's because there is a lot of history there, uh, you know, dating back to your, your TVSs and your brand news into the uh, early two thousands, early mid two thousands with bands like patent pending, even like, you know, Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. There's, there's always been like a lot of history and a, a lot of pulse and, I'm hoping that like I want it to be so loud you can't ignore, you know, because Absolutely. At, at one point it was like nationally you could yeah. not you could not like turn on your radio without hearing a piece of Long Island coming yep. in. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I'm curious to see like you mentioned, you know, with with COVID and you know the the scene being on pause, maybe some bands didn't even exist pre-COVID, but have like built up their following now, and and then all of a sudden they're just going to take over the Long Island scene, and we don't even know who they are yet. Mm-hmm. Which that could be cool to see as well. Yeah, man, and, and not just Long Island, like uh, you know, any anywhere. I know New Jersey for a long time had a really good scene. Oh, yeah. You know, like Bellwether spent a lot of time over in Jersey. It's like I, I think it's it, it just takes you know, uh, a handful of bands to, to captivate an audience in an area and then people just get drawn to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No. And, and I mean, you know, the little communities that are everywhere, you know, so like Long Island's music community, and then you've got, you know, Jersey's music community, you've got Philly's music community, you've got Boston's music community, you know, it's just like, and, and every, and every little community, like, you know, it, it's kind of like little pockets of people, but, there's all of this influence that like runs over. So, you know, uh, you know, kind of a sad story in, um, you know, in, in, in this past week, 
you know, Stu, who was one of the founding members of, uh, of Bain and Reach the Sky passed away. And yeah. like you saw all of the little communities, you know, obviously you knew it was going to hurt Boston, but you saw all of the communities just come together in an outpouring of support, um, you know, for that. And I, and I, and that's one of the things I kind of love because like, you know, sometimes you think about like, like these warring, like as factions of like warring factions, right? Like you think like sometimes you get that like wrestling mind where you're like, Oh God, you know, you got like these guys and these guys and they're all, you know, worn together. Like this is, you know, Boston thinks hardcore should be something, but Long Island thinks it should be something else. And New York city thinks it should be something. And SoCal thinks it should be something. But to know that, you know, still it's, it's all about the love for the, for the, for the music that brings all these communities together um, that that's really a super cool thing. So, and I think Long Island has always kind of had that ethos, even when, you know, you had, you know, your two thousands bullshit of like, it's Jesse Lacey versus Adam Lazara, like, you know, two out of three falls, kind of like that, that little like drama that kind of like, you know, sort of probably if anything, it just made both bands more popular, you know, just like having that little extra thing. So, but all in all, you know, when, at the end of the day, it's just like, if if one musician gets ahead, it gives the other musicians that are trailing behind an opportunity because, you know, if Taking Back Sunday is getting that exposure, you know, as being the big band, then all of the other bands that are around them, people are looking at because they're thinking, oh, could these guys be the next Taking Back Sunday? So that's one thing about the music industry that, you know, if you work hard enough at it and you, you know, kind of come into it at the right time you can still make a splash and you can still do that today like i said in in it like we said before in like a different kind of context but um i think it's i think it's a great thing and i think you know the community just in general is a really awesome one to be a part of because it's just you know like anything that's niche you just automatically can make friends and i think that's like there's nothing better than that it really isn't oh a hundred percent man um uh, lifelong relationships with people yeah. that I met through music uh, yeah. evidence, you know, right here, you know? Yeah, of course. Yep. It's, 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 it's awesome. And hockey's the same way, you know I mean? Like, you know, it, it, and, and Mikey with, with, you know, his, his expertise in all of these meetup groups, like he is living proof of that. It's like, you know, all you need to do is to bump into somebody, no matter where you go, that's wearing, wearing the colors or the sweater. And all of a sudden, like you have, something to connect to someone with. I was, I was out, um, this was probably like round two. I was out somewhere with my wife, uh, at, at dinner and I was wearing an Islanders cap and, uh, our, the, our waitress like comes over to us. And like, before she even like introduces herself, she was like, Oh, you know, she was like talking about like something that like uh, someone on the perfection line did. Like, she was like, Oh, did you see that bullshit with like, you know, pasta or whatever. And I was like, I did see that bullshit. (laughs) And then of course, you know, it turns out that, you know, she grew up in, uh, I don't know, somewhere uh, in Nassau, maybe like Carl place or something. And she moved to Florida six years ago and she's still an Islander fan. And now, you know, after our meal and after talking Islanders, like I told her about the meetup groups and I took her info and it's just like built in. 
And it's the same way. Like when you, you know, you're walking down the street and you see someone wearing like a, a band shirt of a band you like, you know, like if you're, if you're a bold idiot like me, like, I don't really care. Like I'm, I'm going to tell you about it. Like so, know, some dude is wearing like a Dillinger escape plan shirt, just like walking down the street. And I was like, Oh, miss machine. And he was like, oh, this is my favorite record. Ah, you know? So it's just like, I love that because like you have something, a commonality and I think it's a great music has it. Hockey has it. Wrestling has it. I mean, all these little niche environments, you, you just like, it's such a cool thing. And, um, but you, you know, you still being a part of the music sphere and you've been a part of it in like all these different time periods because, you know, so you're, you're in it now with sweet Avenue, you were there with, with bellwether. And then I know like, even though, you know, it, you were much younger. I mean, you were, you had started playing with Matt, like back in like the early two thousands, right? Yeah. My, uh, my first musical, the uh, musical project mm-hmm. was, was with Matt, uh, like fresh into middle school. Wow. We, uh, we started a band called Valley Parking. Okay. Matt, Matt started his, uh, recording career in my parents' basement with like a four track to scam recorder. Awesome where we were doing drums and vocals at the same time. Uh-huh. Um, yep. We like burnt our own CDs, handed them out at school, which yep. is like, that's like a totally different era. We're Completely talking different. like pre-social media mm-hmm. where I'm printing out flyers and handing them out at school and like stapling to things, which is like not something you would have to do anymore. You could just, yep. you know, tap it on your phone, fire exactly. it off to the... Yep. And, you know, the whole world has access to Mm -hmm. it. Oh, yeah. Um, So, yeah, we started in that era. um, And I did that for like seven years, you know, through middle school into high school. And then uh, senior year of high school, it was time to to explore different avenues. I was briefly in the band The Over Under, which... um, Honestly, uh, you know, even though I creatively wasn't a big part of it, I'm still super proud of like the one EP we did. Uh, I had great memories with those guys. And, um, you know, like it it all leads into one thing. So like my frustrations in that band uh, are ultimately what drew me to join Bellwether. Yeah, sure. And, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and it it all tumbles into the next thing. It's, you know, like... But um, yeah, like when I was in the over under where this is like uh, the beginning of MySpace. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> where it's like, I, it wasn't a vent, it was like a bulletin, or I don't even know what the hell. It's yeah. like so long ago now, but it was like digital flyering, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, Bellwether is like the Facebook era where it's like, invite every friend you have to the yep. show. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, man, it, it, it's very interesting to see how the uh, the way promoting your the way self promotion, not just for musicians, but for mm-hmm. for any creative in general, is is sort of evolved um, through this miracle called the internet. You know, mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. um, uh, it, it like full circle, like. That's how Mike and I get linked up and, you know, I'm introduced to the idea of the meetups Yeah, and, you know, that from, from that avenue being connected, I'm 
then of course shot into this fear of like a bunch of Isles fans in Queens that need a place to watch the game. And, and now all of a sudden I'm making connections in the real world, which is fabulous, (laughs) you know, (laughs) nothing, nothing beats flesh and blood. Um, and and truly like, I, I guess to, to, draw back on like an earlier point like yeah you know it it isn't just the building it's it's the people inside it mm-hmm. a- and i think the meetups are proof of that whereas like it doesn't have to be the coliseum it, it could be you know your little spot down in in the carolinas uh-huh. you know my spot in in western yep. queens mm-hmm. uh in tampa in boston and yep. enemy territory oh, yeah. uh, you know oh, yeah. mm-hmm. well that that's what everyone was asking me like you know if we would have won game seven and we could talk about that in a little bit everyone's like so are you going back to the island are you going to go back to catch like a stanley cup game and i was like no i would much rather watch the game with my people in Charlotte, yeah, like the, these are the people that I want to watch the game with. Like I'll go to the parade. I'll, I'll do that, but I'm not, I'm, I'm going to watch it here in this courtyard. Like, yeah. and, and it really is just, and I'm, I'm glad that you're getting that experience because for me being in Charlotte and like Tom mentioned this, one of my favorite things is like being able to connect back to long Island when I'm 12 hours away. But like, you, you know, with the Queens and the Long Island group, I'm like, ah, you know, do you got do you get that same thing? But, you know, I, I think Queens is its own little bubble where, mm-hmm. you know, yes, some of those people that live in Queens were like born and raised in Queens and like grew up as Islander fans. But I would like if I had to guess a majority of the people that are coming to these meetups are born and raised on Long Island, but now in their late 20s, early 30s. have done like the move to Astoria, like Dittmar's Boulevard and like doing that whole thing. Cause one of our best friends did it. So I'm sure that there's tons of, you know, born and raised long Island people that are now part of your Queens group. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it was so trippy. I, I wound up going to games three and four of the, of the, semifinals Mm -hmm. and i think it was at game three i ran into like a bunch of people that i had met at the group you know uh i was like whoa Mm -hmm. you know like (laughs) here we are you know we 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 made it like (laughs) um it was uh and again like this is all made possible through the islanders fan base just craving that community where I think there's something to be said about watching from the comfort of your couch, but at the same time, you want to be next to that guy who's screaming his head off and uh, you want to be a table down from the, the analyst with the statistician who's like, Oh, so-and-so, you know, like uh, you, I, as a fan myself, I, I love just, being in that environment, it creates energy. And when the when the team was on fire, you can't replicate it anywhere else. You know, like it, it, it's unmatched. Yeah, you know? it really is. It's just it's just the how hungry the fan base is. Uh, you know, for 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 a cup is 
you know, I, I mean, and I can't speak for all the other fan bases because I'm not part of them, but I mean, like the kind of hunger that like I see is like, I, I feel like it's, there's no one matching it now. And, and maybe there is, I mean, maybe, you know, when you get well, to that hunger that you're talking about, yeah. cause I had to think about this the other day, like the eighties was a long time ago. Like if I'm 34 yeah. and I wasn't born yet when those cups were raised, like yeah. even the people that were lucky enough in our fan base to watch that, yep. they're getting old now. Like they yeah. might not even watch hockey anymore. They yeah, might be right. like down right. in a retirement community in Florida and not even know that the Islanders are still a team. Like, I mean, you're, you're right. Mo- most of the people that are, and I noticed this, I went to that viewing party that they had at the Coliseum, which, yep. oh my God, I wish I didn't go. <laughs> it was awful, but I'm looking around and it's like the cool thing now to be Islander fans, because there's all these like 18, 19, 20 year old, like cool kids. Yeah wearing Islander stuff. And I'm like, man, when I was 20, no one was wearing Islander no, stuff. Because like, the te- I mean, cause yeah. like when think about it, right? Like, you know, we, when we were that age, right. You're talking like 15 years ago, right. We're, we're talking about a franchise that was like, like every year they were talking about, Oh, is this the last one? Are they, are they going to ship them off to Kansas city? Like, you know, and mm-hmm. all the times that the franchise got saved from getting moved somewhere, um, you know, like, but you think about that, like, and, and but also what you got to think about too, real quick is like, so from the eighties, right. So uh, those, those Islander fans that, you know, saw the dynasty crumble, right. They also, within 10 years lived through like one of the biggest debacles in sports, you know, with, with, you know, having an owner that was like had a hundred dollars to his name, you know? And, and, and like, I, I seriously that, that doesn't think, turn you off. Yeah. yeah. I seriously think that we finally have started to recover from that and mm-hmm. is really bringing it full circle is like, yeah. you know, now with the Islanders success, the last couple of years, you you can't really just like focus on like the 95, 96 and like to the two thousands time yeah. period. Mm-hmm. Cause we've been successful now longer than the, those dark times. So Great. like the, the fan base is totally something different than what I remember when I was living on long Island. It, it's mm-hmm. awesome to see. And man, going into a new building and not having to talk about, you know, where are we moving? Like, like you said, and then every single year, some politician coming out and saying like, Oh, I'm going to save the Islanders. We're going to yep. build this lighthouse. And like, yep. mm-hmm. not even having to talk about that anymore. It's, it, it's something I'm not used to. Mm-hmm. And for the, for the first time when we lost game seven and people are like, eh, you know what? We'll get them next year. Like, it didn't sting like in years past because it was like, you know what? Maybe actually for once in my life next year might actually be a possibility. You, you like to think uh, romantically that like year one new building, the team uh, is really starting to show uh, a cohesiveness, Mm -hmm. which is something like, thinking about playoffs of years past where it's like, who's the, who's the hero on the team? Well, it's John Tavares, you know, like I was there when he, uh, when we got our first playoff berth, you know, in that Mm -hmm. wraparound, 
And, it, yep. and it's like, yeah. it's, it's one man really carrying the team, not to say that there weren't other players pulling their weight, but like, here's your standout versus now where it's like, yeah, Barzal's a, a stud undeniable, but everybody on the team is stepping mm-hmm. up in, in such a fabulous way. Like wh- what, what symbolizes that better than uh Pulak making that save game four? Like yep. uh that that's that's stepping up for your team that that's playing uh, uh, almost yep. like with a sixth sense. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. to to pick up in your goalie's blind spot uh and literally save the series yeah. at that point, you know. I think I think that, and I think a lot of Islanders fans are, are a little weary about this off season because, um, you know, much like last off season where we we were seemingly up against insurmount, insurmountable odds, we were able to lock down the players that were most important to our uh, to, to, to our, our genetic makeup and most important yeah, to Trotz's system. You know, you and I were talking about like, oh. I don't know how Lou's going to lock down Barzo. Like, yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I can't imagine how we're yep. going to make that work. But he did. What he he made it work, and then yep. he still went out and got Palmieri and Zajac. And, and Zajac, it, yep. It, it, the trade then lied. So, like, yep. Maybe we should stop questioning because, yeah. <laughs> like, we're I, questioning, I mean, and he's delivering. Yeah, so maybe I, I, I guess we you, you have just to. like, yeah. for once in our life, appreciate the fact that we're allowed to have nice things. <laughs> And stop, stop questioning it. You just don't get that. You know, as an Islanders fan, man, you just like, it's, and you know, and that's going back to like the years of low of, of, of long ago where it was always doom and gloom. It was just like, what's going to happen now? Like, you know, like, and the Islanders, you know, would do little things, you know, go out and get Yashin, but what the fuck? And then, you know, go out and get, um, you know, draft a guy like Tavares that was supposed to change, change the landscape of hockey. And, you know, look at how that panned out. And it took all of that, right. It took all of that compounding, compounding, compounding. And then finally Tavares goes to the Maple Leafs and the Islanders finally realized that like, you know, maybe we don't have a bona fide superstar, but all of us ragtag sons of bitches are going to be able to put this together and start winning. And that's what they did. <laughs> that's what they did you know and i mean like you know you look like a guy like uh like like jgp right so like pazier you know he was kind of floundering on the senators right and then like you know he comes over to the islanders and he you know becomes like the linchpin for for success you know he becomes the rubric for what a scrappy player should be like and you know and now you, you start to see it with all of these other players you know and guys like pelic and and Pulak and you know obviously the whole fourth line and you know even the old guys and Andy Green and Leo Komarov and just like skating their their hearts out for this team and it's like what better way than to go into this brand new building than to like have that culminate in more success so I mean that's what every Islander fan is clamoring for but at the same time, you know, new building, new, new landscape, new horizon, new everything. There's still going to be those Islander fans who have been there through it all. And they're always going to still just like, like, like our buddy, Danny. Right. I mean, like, no matter what we do, he's always like, Oh, here we go again. You know, like, I feel like even if the Islanders knock wood, 
have another dynasty at some point in our lives. Right. I think still Islander fans are going to still be here. We go again. Like we had a three, one lead and now it's, you know, we're in overtime. Like, Holy shit. I don't think that's ever going to go away. Even if we become a, like a, a, like a tremendously successful prolific franchise at some point again, I still think that doom and gloom is always going to be in the hearts of Islanders fans because they lived through so much of it. And I just, I think it's hard to just let it go, you know? Yeah. There's, there's been a, a ton of franchise trauma. Yeah. Um, undeniable. Yep. But uh, it, it is, it's almost like a, a stray dog finding a new home in that sense where it's like, yeah, yeah. Hope, yeah hope, like hopefully we learn to trust again, you know? Um, <laughs> I love I that. Like I so. love that comparison because, it, yeah. I, and yeah, don't, you know, don't shop, adopt, you know, the whole thing. <laughs> but of course, I, I really, truly feel different. You know, the Islanders have already come out and announced that they've sold out their season tickets for next yeah, year. For sure. When's the last time that's happened? Like, has that ever happened? Couldn't like, I, tell I, you. I still get calls in North Carolina from ticket reps trying to get me to buy season tickets. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, let's be real. We didn't sell out last nope. year our season tickets or the nope. year before because, oh, yeah. you know, they wouldn't be calling me if we sold them out. So, <laughs> I, I think things are different, man, and yeah. we just got to accept it. I'm looking forward to it. I, I think uh, – you know, we, we've got one, you know, variable hurdle with the expansion draft. And mm-hmm. once we get over that and, and the postseason is a little more clear, I think we've got a lot to look forward to. You know, the the heart of the team uh, starts with Barry uh, in the locker room, obviously, yep. who, I mean, after – Years and years of Jack Capuano sort I've convinced <laughs> that he was just kind of making it up as he went along. And then uh, Doug Waite, you know, like it, it's finally we, we have like a, a tried and true leader and, yeah. you know, the, the meat and potatoes of the team, your, our fourth line, yeah. our, you know, Pajot, our veterans like green, uh, you know, I'm I'm seeing a team, and, and of course, a, a healthy Anders Lee returning it makes all the difference. Where yep. I I think, oh God, and and Josh Bailey, who went from my uh, least favorite player to favorite player uh, almost instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, man, I I remember one game in particular. I was like, this kid can't skate. I watched him trip over the blue line. I was like, what the hell is happening? And now it's like, nobody better talk shit about Josh Bailey. No. I'm, I'm ready to fight anybody. You know, uh, the, the dude is a, a elite. He is the elite now, right winger. Uh, I guess let's just call Desmond out since we all know Desmond. So Desmond claims that he is a day one Josh Bailey supporter. Do you believe him? <laughs> No, definitely not. <laughs> Nobody was no. a day one yeah. Josh Bailey supporter. I was at the draft party uh, when when we drafted Josh Bailey, and I remember, um, and I'm, I can't think of his name. He's some Russian dude, 
that everybody wanted the Islanders to take instead of oh, Josh Bailey. Uh, Filatov. Yes, that was his name. And when, when, when like the New York Islanders have selected, you know, Josh Bailey, bro, it was just, it was like a chorus of booze. It was just, it was just brutal. And that just shows everyone that fans don't know shit because Nikita Filatov <laughs> is not was, even playing hockey yeah, I think anymore. He was in the he, league for like two or three years yeah. and he just fizzled out, man. Fizzled but, out. So and look at Josh Bailey. He's going to be playing a thousand games, like either next season or the season after that. And, and I'm, and I'm going to tell you, you know, it, with whatever happens in the expansion draft, if it turns out that the Islanders end up protecting Josh Bailey, which I, I mean, all signs point to them doing so, Honestly, I, I I see Josh Bailey ending his career with the Islanders, and I don't see a way, cup or no cup, that he doesn't go up in the rafters. I just don't I just don't see a, a way that, you know, you you have to acknowledge that amount of of love and respect to a team through dark ages, through you know constantly playing second fiddle to you know the better guy, but mm-hmm. always just busting his ass. There's no way that 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 he doesn't go up in the rafters, man. And and that's something that, you know, when it happens, I'll be super pumped for now, you know, what the Islanders end up doing. And I guess we can kind of end on this note. Um, and I'd love to get your perspective on a builder. Uh, but so, you know, the Islanders have a lot of moves to make in this off season. They've got a lot of people to make sure that they're able to sign. And, but with the expansion draft coming, I think a lot of Islander fans are kind of on the same page where, They'd love to see a little bit of, of Lou magic and uh, taking Nick Letty and just sending him to the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Will that happen? Maybe. Uh, But I mean, the Islanders, unfortunately, a lot of people are talking about the potential of, I don't know, guys like uh, maybe Bellows or Koivula or like, you know, those guys getting scooped up, but I mean, could it, we see something like crazy, like where like they don't protect Eberly or something like that? I mean, like, what could we see? It's it's tough, right? Because uh, Palmieri recently came out and said he'd, he'd like to stick with the team. Yeah, which is a great thing. It's a great thing. And, and it's hard to deny the chemistry there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a lot of what it comes down to, which is uh, – you know, you, you mentioned Nick Letty and, and when he came over from the uh, Blackhawks uh, and, and Boychuk came mm-hmm. over from yep. the Bruins, yep. they really had uh, a great chemistry yep. that now that Boychuk's gone, not not to discredit Letty in mm-hmm. any sense, but we I think, yeah, maybe. Maybe you let him. Yeah. Let, him, let him get some. Uh, I'm trying to think of the cuisine in Seattle, man. I'm sorry, I was I wasn't quick enough on the draw. Rain, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. just rainwater. Yeah, let 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 me get. <laughs> um, rainwater and Starbucks, man. No, I, I and I get it. It's and and I think maybe that's you know if 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 Lou can can do something, you know, I mean, it's tough because I know for at least for this draft coming up, I, I th- we are our first and I think even our second. Um, right. I mean, uh, our, our, we don't even have them, I think. Yeah. Um, but we're, so, we're at this point where like, what do you, package? I, I what do you do? Le- we could give like two years down the road at this point, like, okay. yeah, yep. Yeah, have our first 
from two years in, in the future. Who cares? Like, I'm sick of having that conversation too about like, oh, we don't have a first round pick. We don't like, dude, look how many fifth round picks turn out to be studs in the NHL. Like, right. unless it's a top five pick, mm-hmm. I don't really mm-hmm. care. I really don't care if we have a first round pick or if we draft someone in the second round or third round or fourth. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm over those days of holding on to our first round picks. We need to have our first round picks. Like we uh, got to stop thinking like that. Pittsburgh I, never has first round picks. It's very mean to say to my, my good friend, Blade Jenkins. It's not very nice. He's, he doesn't, he's not going to like that, but um, yeah, I, you know, Paul Mary saying that he wants to stay with the team is a great thing. If, if they can work that out, if he can, I mean, cause, yeah, like, dude, think about that. What you yeah. just said. Mm-hmm. Think back 10 years ago, 15 years ago, Ryan Smith, when we picked up that big trade deadline acquisition, he didn't want anything to do with the Islanders the next year. He was like, yo, get me out of here. Well, let's even that right there is Uh a different narrative, man. It's a different organization, different team. Go back even a couple of years when, you know, like just as as we started turning that corner. Yeah. Even even Mm. Sorokin. Sorokin was like, yo, I don't. I, like I'm just going to stay in Russia and I'm going to stay in the KHL and I don't want the stench of this blue and orange on me. But now all of a sudden, you know, like there's a potential that if Varley gets moved, which could very well happen, Sorokin could be like our, like our long-term, like, like goaltender. And like, when was the last time you were able to say that about the New York Islanders? Was the last time you said that was what maybe Rick fucking DiPietro who were still paying like sixty mm-hmm. bucks a year until like <laughs> he until just got two hundred forty. Th- I think yeah. he just got him his and 1. Bobby Bonilla. Yeah, on Jesus the same Christ. day. It's oh god, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable, man. But so uh, so yeah. So quick, quick last licks here. So um, what? So okay. So let's just say in a perfect world you know, the Islanders are able to make all of the, all of the deals they need to make, you know, to lock down, lock down Pellick, uh, you know, maybe avoid arbitration or go to arbitration with, with Bo again and see what he wants. But who do you think, because I think between RFAs and UFAs, I think there's nine or 10 guys of all those guys. Who do you think we don't see next year? Oh man, this is tough. Uh, you, you keep, you keep the fourth line, obviously. Um, I, I, oh man, dude, I part, I have like a pit in my stomach because I feel like uttering it is going to be, I don't want to do this to myself. Um, shit, man. Who, who do we let go? It's so tough, man. Uh, I don't. Maybe Leo. Yeah, I guess that's fair, right? Because, yeah, I I, I, just, I know he's a safe pick. Yeah, but um, you know, uh, I I think with uh, with a healthy Lee coming back, it's it's going to be hard to again like. Chemistry is a big thing. Yep. He he's, he's up there. I think maybe, maybe we see Leo go. Uh, I'm hoping Paul Mary stays. Yep. Um, 
you know, I, I'd move hell and high water for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think maybe Zajac. Yeah, I, I think I think it probably is fair to say that 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 Zajac uh, moves on. Yeah, I wouldn't um, be surprised if he comes out and retires but, this I mean, off season. I I have to I have to just say it, and I hate to have to say it, um, because I know it's our identity. But like, I just man, the only way. I see us being able to keep Zeker is if he really this like is is cool with getting a a backloaded deal where we're just like, hey man, listen, you know, we can give you maybe a mill this year. Next year, maybe we'll give you, you know, one and three quarters. And on the third year, maybe we give you two and a quarter. But unless he's willing to take something like that, man, I think y- you have to put your eggs in the in the in the pellet basket i think he's just the most important person that you have to lock oh, down yeah. and granted and granted pellet is uh he's an rfa so there's a little bit more more uh you know capability there than than a ufa like in 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 zeker unfortunately but and i don't want to see it happen man nobody wants to see it happen but i just unless he's really willing to to take a little bit of a cut and just is under the impression that like if i take a little less money you know, I could potentially raise the cup. And if I raise the cup, you know, then my stock will rise. And then maybe I can go get a couple of mil at another time or something. I don't know, man. I just, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it bums me out too, but. My just, mouth got like so dry when you said it. I was like, I'm like trying to avoid saying it. You can yeah. see I'm like pale white. I was like, <laughs> don't even want to think about it. Yeah. Um, I think it's a you make a you make a really good point. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you know, and, oh, and teams gosh. are going to be flashing money in front of his face. Like, there's <laughs> no doubt about it that there's going to be a lot of teams willing to offer way more than what we can give. Mm-hmm. It's just the reality. So, what it's going to come down to is really if Casey wants to give us the hometown discount. Yep. And mm. you know, ride ride it out with his fourth line friends. And and that's what I talked about on the last episode. I was like, man, I deep down inside want to believe that he is legit friends with, with Matt Martin, Martin and, and Clutterbuck. Mm. But at the end of the day, like it is a business. So maybe they like once they leave, like they don't even talk to each other. And that could totally be. And that's like the narrative us fans want to believe like yeah like they're brothers like they're the bash <laughs> brothers like they love each other they go to war for each other but at the end of the day that might just be completely made up in <laughs> Ima- imagine imagine they like they just like they actually hate each other it, it, they like, could possibly hate each like, other like, like they, that's they, why they're bashing everyone in the boards is like oh i because can't of how much I, they hate each other yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like can't believe i'm stuck on this guy's line again this like, year clutter, like clutterbuck <laughs> goes to trots and he's like uh, hey coach, I know uh, I've asked you this 23 times, but like, can you please put me on another line? And he's just like, Nope, sorry, nope. man. Leo you're, Komarov, first you're, line. You're, 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 on, you're on the fourth, and like Casey Zizekas just like looks at him and he's like, Yeah, that's right. Like, eat my shorts, like smell my farts. Imagine if it's imagine if it's all just farts. That's that's what it's been this whole time. Yeah, like really one, one, one day, hate each one day other. he just ripped a fart, and then it was just like, I'll never be the same. Oh, if only, man. If only, if only I could just be like a fly in the locker room one day. You know, maybe if I die, I'll, I'll get reincarnated as a fly for a hot second, just so I can 
eat a bunch of shit and find my way into the Islanders locker room so I can <laughs> actually see like what Matt Barzell listens to. And uh, it's probably nothing good. Uh, it's, no, it's <laughs> TikTok songs. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> gross. Well, listen, man, on that note, dude, it's been such a blast getting to reconnect with you, getting to chat with you. Um, super duper pumped for uh, whatever's next for sweet Avenue. Love the record. Really excited to, uh, to hopefully, you know, if you do get into that van one more time, just make sure you stop in Charlotte and Orlando, uh, just so we can, uh, we can have one with you and, and, and chill, but here's the next season. Here's to hoping that, uh, things go our way and that we just put a little bit of trust in Lou to get all this done. And, uh, I think we're going to have some success, but here's to, you know, closing down the collie, going to UBS and, uh, Here's to it, man. So, Builder, man, thank you so much. Uh, we love you, and we thank you for giving us your time, being on the pod with us. And uh, anything else th- that you got to add that we didn't we didn't talk about? I mean, we talked about like, everything. So, it's about- <laughs> uh, no, man, Tom, Mike, thank you so much. Uh, this has been so much fun. Uh, you know, next season's going to be really, really good. Uh, I don't want to over promise and under deliver, but I'm talking to my buddies at catch. We're hoping to do October big, big, um, uh, dying to get on a train and getting off at UBS. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, as far as sweet Avenue is concerned, man, absolutely. Charlotte, Orlando stops, uh, We've got a split coming out soon with a ticker tape we just recorded. Nice, up in, awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a ton of fun, man. So that's and, what you were recording in that sweet A-frame. Yes, in that sweet <laughs> A-frame in uh, uh, Prattsburg, New York, uh, where there was uh, maybe sixteen residents in the whole town. Wow. <laughs> got to make a lot of noise. It was a lot of fun. That's sick. Um, and, and yeah, I got, I got to create my uh, my drink, the Jajin Pajot. Uh, that's copyright, trademark, reserved. <laughs> um, co- co- hopefully, coming to that bar that overlooks the uh, <laughs> overlooks the the half of uh, UBS. I don't know. I can't remember which goal side it's on, but I'll hopefully they serve it there. <laughs> Love that, absolutely, dude. And uh, of course, you know, got got to got to end this podcast. Shout out to through the island. Shout out to Bone Juice. Shout out to Bone Juice. Shout out to Bone Juice. Bone Juice ruins a lot of lives. It uh, it does a lot of bad dude, things. I didn't even know Pepsi Blue was back, by the way. Dude, oh, I, oh. Like when I saw that, I was like, whoa, dude, that shit's back. Or is he like I, holding on to that for all these years for one day? He, being, he re- before <laughs> being did, able to bring before, it out. Dude, before I did that episode of Through the Island, he was like, yeah, you know, he's like, uh, we usually drink during the pod. Like if you want to get a drink, you go find yourself some Pepsi Blue. And I'm like, go find myself some Pepsi blue. I'm like, where the fuck? Like, and then, and then he like had the audacity to be like, Oh, you know, uh, if you go to the Pepsi website, you can just put your, uh, your zip code in and it'll show you all the places that sell it. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. And then of course, Pepsi comes out and they're like, Oh, like Pepsi blue supports like Nikita Kucherov. And then he was like, never again down the drain. It was, it was like down. It was like, it was like, it was like somebody like, you know, like took his dog and like, oh, it was yeah. bad. It was bad news. Put but, him in a bad headspace. Yeah. But but you know, but like all things, he bounces back, <laughs> just like we all 
bounce back. And that's what we're going to do next year. We're going to bounce back. We're going to kick some ass. We're going to play some hockey. We're going to do the damn thing. Builder, love you, buddy. Thank you so much for being on here. Love you too, man. Yeah, you're very welcome. And we will see you another time. Adios. Peace, guys. Thank you so much. back and how's that our homie builder just killing it man love chatting with him man he's he's always always a great time um yeah you know and the the whole interview and just talking a little bit of uh you know a little bit of long island stuff um some cool stuff is is kind of coming out of some some long island bands uh most notably uh glassjaw you know one of the most important you know long island bands around uh, they just announced that uh, for their 20th anniversary, they are releasing all three of their records. Uh, they're re-releasing it. I think they've uh, remastered them for vinyl. They're going to be super exclusive. And uh, next year, they're touring on uh, on their two most popular albums, Worship and Tribute and Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Silence. So that's super cool. Uh, you know, you've got uh, our homies in Envy on the coast, even though I guess technically are they like, do we want do we call them an LA band now? Because I mean they both they both live in LA, right? I guess they are kind of right? an LA band. Now. So from LI to LA, but uh I mean to, to us to our hearts, they're uh, they're always Long Island homies, but they got some cool shows coming up. Um and then uh, you know, uh just waiting on more tours to get announced and stuff. I mean, uh, you know, Bayside is doing some cool stuff. I guess they're technically well, sort of from Long Island, maybe, maybe they might say that they're from the boroughs or something, but, uh, all cool stuff, man. Uh, I'm really excited for, for some of that, uh, some of that stuff to start materializing. I'm sure, uh, at some point soon, um, I know taking back Sunday is playing a couple of, uh, of shows here and there, but I'm sure they're going to announce something big at some point. And, uh, they just played a festival in Orlando. Yeah. And your and wedding it, weekend, my right? wedding weekend. Yeah. They played with, uh, Emery, uh, Emery and, and, uh, and Evergreen Terrace. If you can remember them, dear live journal, man, that was, uh, that was the time, but yeah. Um, oh, I know and taking back Sunday, I think is also playing furnace fest in, uh, in Birmingham, which, uh, is something I have tremendous regrets about not being able to go to, but you know, when you're 35 and you got a wife and you got to make money, you can't just go to every show that you want to, unfortunately. Now for, for me, Alabama seems like a different world, right? Cause that's where it is, right? Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama. Yep. So yep. Sloss furnaces. Yeah. I guess like if you live in the panhandle part of Florida or even yeah, central Florida, it's not yep. too bad, right? Yeah. So, uh, I think I was looking up flights to Birmingham and I want to say that from Orlando to Birmingham, I think it's like a, maybe a two hour flight. Uh, the flights weren't cheap. 
and uh, driving it is is rough, you know, if you're coming is from because, yeah, because I I, I want to say it was maybe like a nine hour drive oh, or something. Nothing, dude. I mean, but the whole idea though is like you know you're you got to go up, you know, north and then pretty much drive the entirety of uh, of like the all of northern Florida with the Panhandle. Um, I mean, like you know, if if any circumstance changes in my life where where I could do it, I would love to because I mean like every band that i grew up loving in in you know in post-hardcore or metalcore or aggressive music is playing this festival i mean it's just like i feel like it was built for me and then i'm not going <laughs> you know so it's just like it's it's a bummer but um other than that i mean i know you know of the last couple of episodes we've talked about some of the tours and stuff coming through so you know we, we've kind of touched upon that but um as far as you know we talked about the stuff that's here and now uh but you know, who are you hoping announces some tours coming up? Um, you know, some, some bands that you, uh, have been really enjoying that you haven't had the opportunity to see. Um, I keep going back and listening to the, the, the two home team songs, you know, the one, uh, right through me that was dropped a couple of months ago and then their newest one. Um, of course I can't think of the name, but I've listened to the song like five times. Um, I would love to see them live. I would love to see how those songs, uh, end up, end up turning out to be in a live setting love to see those guys that'd be cool yeah i would love to see them uh obviously being a seattle band them coming all the way across the you know yeah. the united states and playing yep. like an east east coast gig is wishful thinking mm -hmm. unless like don brocco all of a sudden asked them to, to get on a tour again last minute hey man listen don brocco man uh, you Brock know brocco yeah, they're they're great. They're a great band. I mean, they're they're from across the across the pond, though, you know. So who knows how that's going to work out? And that's another thing I'm kind of interested, you know, because uh, at least in America, you know, most people are getting vaccinated, but uh, you know, across the world, like stuff is still not, you know, really perfect. I mean, Japan are, you know, just because I'm a big fan of of you know Japanese pro wrestling, there've been a lot of issues in Japan with. Uh, uh, with COVID outbreaks and stuff. So it's not, uh, it's not perfect everywhere, unfortunately, but yeah, I, I feel for bands like, you know, neck deep and yeah. some mm -hmm. of those European bands, because yep, yep. it might be really tough to, to get over here into the United oh, yeah. States. For um, sure. I I've even, you know, my, my guilty pleasure is watching like cruise vloggers. Cause I okay. just love going on cruises. <laughs> And even the even the the loops and and hoops that people had to jump through to go on these cruises that started like the last couple of weeks, yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's extremely tough to to get back into the country and even to leave the country. Yeah, you know, some cruises are leaving out of Nassau Bahamas because mm. it's a little easier like, yeah. and less less restrictions. But then okay. coming from the Bahamas, yep after the cruise is over coming back into the United States mm -hmm. apparently is a nightmare. Yeah. That, that's one of the things that I've been hearing. And that's one of the reasons, uh, uh, you know, in October, uh, you know, me and a few buddies were planning on doing the, uh, the Chris Jericho cruise and we ended up, uh, uh, bailing out of it, you know, just because of all the uncertainty, you know, my buddy Tom is, uh, is expecting, um, 
you know, a, a child in, in the next month or so. And, you know, the whole idea of him leaving a two month old baby at home and going on a, a fun filled booze filled cruise with a bunch of sweaty, gross wrestling fans for five days, just, uh, doesn't really bode. So, you know, we ended yep. up kind of, uh, kind of putting the kibosh on it, but, uh, I mean, that's one thing I would love to do. I would love to, uh, you know, as a, as an adult in my waking adult life, I've never been on a, on a cruise. Um, so it's one of those things that like, I would really love to do. Well, it's funny. A lot of the cruise vloggers that we watch live in Orlando because of how easy it is to cruise. You can go right out of Cape Canaveral. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So they do that or, you know, it's not too bad to get to Tampa. It's not too bad to get to Miami. Miami. No, not at all. Yep. For sure. So Orlando, it seems like a lot of people are living there because obviously it's a a little more affordable to live than those other cities. Exactly. Yep. Oh yeah. And yeah. and, And you also have all those amusement parks so if you're doing travel vlogs when you're not yep. on a cruise oh exactly you're at disney disney then, or universal or yeah exactly yeah, and they just rack up hundreds of thousands of views and it's crazy listen i mean you know and and that and it's a cool thing because you know now with the with those types of things being so prevalent you know you could potentially book you know, like a vacation based on what you learn from these vloggers, you know, I mean, like back in the day, you know, you'd have to go to a travel agent and, you know, they're all telling you this and that, but I mean, you can literally pop into YouTube and just see them experiencing things and I want to do that too. And then you pattern your entire vacation after them, you know, it's uh, I, I, the technology, man, is such a cool thing, you know, that, 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 that exists. And I mean, it kind of, um, you know, imagine like, you know, um, if that technology existed back when like we were first going a warp tour, so we could have like learned how to do warp tour the right way, you know, instead of just like showing up hammered and then getting dehydrated and almost dying and having black yeah. boogers for three months, you know, like if, if only we had that foresight, you know, to, to see someone do it and then kind of understand how to do it. And I think that's you know what would idea. be really funny yeah. now that I'm thinking about this <laughs> is a new modern band documenting mm-hmm. what it would be like to tour without like a cell phone. So like actually like all the dudes in the band have to like lock away their phones, whatever, Imagine when they're that. on the road yeah. and they actually have to print out like the map quest directions and just like document the craziness. Cause yeah, that, that when I think back to watching, you know, those, b-side dvds that came with you know the records that we bought yep yeah yeah and they always had like their tour documentaries Mm -hmm. and you could just see like pete wentz like holding open a map like where the hell are we yeah and i feel like that was like most of the fun but you don't have that anymore you could just put in your destination on your phone and it just autopilot and and for sure and, and you know obviously that makes it easier for a lot of bands nowadays but yeah i mean you know but if you even think back to like let's go even further back. So, you know, we're talking about fallout boy, you know, in the, let's say the early two thousands where, you know, they might not have had cell phones other than some sidekicks and shit, but at least they had access to like map quest. Right. And like, you know, you could potentially before you left for tour, you could print out 60 pages of everything. But like, imagine going back, like, like even like before that, like, let's go back to like, let's say the days where like, I don't know, uh, a band like, uh, like, 
I don't know, like the, the Ataris or, or like no effects or like these bands that like, or, or like, you know, that started in the like early nineties and were touring. Like, imagine like you literally had to like go out to like a gas station and probably buy an, like a fucking Atlas and, you know, just have a huge Atlas open and just, you know, point out everything. And it's just, that's crazy. But the other thing that like, is kind of crazy to think about is like, so, you know, doing like, let's say like a full U S tour, right. With like 30 or 40 stops, like at least nowadays, you know, you have a phone to keep you entertained. Right. But like, you know, what the hell did you do in the van in the nineties? Like, you know, you maybe like, like talk you were to like, each other. Yeah. You talk <laughs> to each other. Or maybe you were lucky enough to have like a game boy or something. Like, I don't know, but lots like, of fart jokes, seriously. But like, that's a, but I, I think that would be great. That would be like a, a really, really fun challenge for like a, a, a bigger band. You yeah. Know, like to just, you know, like these kids in, and I don't want to say kids cause they're awesome people, but yeah. Like grayscale, for example, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, they never had a tour without using GPS or their phones or any of that. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. How funny would that be to document a, a full U.S. tour doing it, doing it like some of the bands did in the early 2000s? Listen, maybe, maybe, maybe if, if, you know, we ever get to that point where there's, you know, like a sponsored bar down breakdown tour, maybe one of the prerequisites is like, you just got to put your phone in a lockbox. Dude, we're getting so yeah. close to having a bar down breakdown tour. There's been so many tours where like, it's like three one out band of four. Off. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or so the funny. bands. That's just too funny, man. It's, it's great. I love it. I love that music is back. I love the touring is back, man. And, and um, who knows, man, maybe one day there, there will be an actual bar down tour and you and I will just take a couple weeks off and just go see the country and go have fun. And, just sell sweet shirts bar down breakdown 2023 or, tour or any any shirts or any shirts for that matter just any <laughs> shirts but guys thank you for 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 listening to us babble on and on um for the for the so just so you, so everybody knows uh, you know now that the off season the hockey off season is approaching um you know we're we're still going to be be doing our thing uh we're going to open up our our um our our guests are are you know our our guests that we're going to have on we're going to open it up to you know maybe some some less hockey focused guests just because you know it's the off season and you know you can only talk about so much we can only talk you know about how to sign Adam Pellick so often before you guys don't want to hear us talk about that anymore so in the next couple of months you might uh or i said next couple of weeks you might see some guests on and, and we might have some music focused conversations but just know that once the season ramps back up again it's the same old bar down the same old music and hockey stuff but we hope you come along with us for the ride because we've got a lot of great artists who um you know are are a tremendous you know, forces in the industry and are going to be a lot of fun to talk to. So I hope you stick with us for that. Uh, You'll see some cool guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, But you know, the whole drill hockey podcast network, we love them. Uh, You guys all need to go listen to all of the other content creators on the hockey podcast network. There's a bunch of great stuff. Uh, Make sure to go and listen to our uh, former guest pop punk podcast, uh, not podcast, uh, former guests pop punk playlist where we are constantly updating. Uh, we just put a really dope friend circle song on there, or as I like to call them friend circle. Um, <laughs> and, uh, a bunch of other great stuff is on there. Uh, you know, we were just talking new, about our home new crease rule. Yeah. New crease rule is on there, which is great. You know, love, love those dudes so much. And, uh, and we've put some other stuff on there. Uh, uh, I, I know we've got a, we were sharks 
a track on there. I actually listened to that record today while I was cleaning my, my apartment, super great record, but yeah, man, go find out your next favorite band. And, uh, you know, if there's any one that we're missing, did you come across that, that new stereo song? No, I haven't listened to it yet. Oh my God. Is it good? It's, it's dude. Patrick Cordyback knows how to write a a pop song. Oh, I mean, uh, he's, he's, he's a tremendous, tremendous musician, but, um, I mean, you know, the more and more I listen to these, you know, I'm not trying to be a homer for them, but the more and more I listen to these home team tracks, man, like they could, they they could do some big shit. I mean, like those songs are like, it's almost like, it reminds me a little bit of like kind of what Emma Rosa was doing where they sort of like were tiptoeing the line between like soul and R and B and pop, but something about the way they're doing it, man, like, is great. It's just so cool. And then of course I, I finally came around to them. I wasn't too sure about them, but after like the third or fourth listen to burn by Sharia Moore, ooh, can't wait for that record to come out. So, Oh yeah. And ooh. I can't wait to get them on the podcast. So yeah, Maddie, seriously from a loss for words, email me. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Maddie from fucking a loss for fucking words. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> So thank you guys so much for being with us. We appreciate you. Go listen to the playlist. Go check out the Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, like I said, by the time this episode drops, Tampa Bay Lightning could uh, could be hoisting the cup again. So, ugh. But, I mean, what you know, it is what it is. If you're a Bolts fan, good for you guys, man. You guys played a hell of a game throughout these whole playoffs. And even if you were 20 mil over the cap, that's okay. I'm not going to cry about it. I'll, I'll cry when we lose next year. Then I'll, then I'll cry. Hey, it's all about beating the system. I, I totally respect that. You got to do what you got to do. Listen, if it, if there's loopholes, take advantage of them. Hell yeah. And, and that's the motto to live and die by. So lead us out, not into temptation, but all right, deliver Tom. us unto evil. <laughs> I don't know how it goes, man. It's definitely not that. <laughs> deliver us the evil deliver us into the evil deliver us from evil from From the evil evil. i don't know man i'm i'm not a i'm not a wordsmith (laughs) all right well you clearly are because your wedding vows were like 17 pages so don't even try to pretend like they that you're not they were they were long as hell they were but tom it's been real always peace be with you and also with you why am I soft in the middle now? Why am I soft in the middle? The rest of my life is so hard. I need a photo opportunity. I want a shot of redemption. Don't want to end up a cartoon in a cartoon graveyard. Bone digger, bone digger, dogs in the moonlight. Far away, my well-lit door. Just a beer melon, beer melon. Get these mutts away from me, you know. I don't find this stuff amusing anymore. If you'll be my bodyguard, Call you Betty, Betty when you call me.